welcome to Casey Corner episode 120. Wow. 120, Brooks. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. There's, there's parts of the country where it's 120 degrees right now. <laughs> you know what? It feels like the last couple of weeks it's been 120 around here. I'm not a huge fan of August. It's just, <sighs> it's just not a great month, honestly. Well, you know, you're nice to say I'm not a huge fan. Let me just say I hate August. It's and the terrible. only thing worse than August is September. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in the fall where football's coming around and you get excited because there's a little chill in the air, right. you know, and you right. can wear the sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And here in Florida... August and September. Yeah. You know, the only thing is it's good is I haven't even heard about a hurricane. Have you heard anything about no, hurricanes? No, nothing. Nothing. What's so going on? we just on? jinxed it real bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have just jinxed it. We don't believe in that theology, but if we <laughs> jinx it, we jinxed it. Maybe this is like, you know, don't they say like, you know, El Nino, there was a temperature of the water mm-hmm. and therefore, so maybe we can create something like yeah, yeah. El King's Chapel. Fun. You, get a, you get a day off school, a little bit of rain, it gets windy at night and then, you know, it's, it's never as bad as they say. No, it usually isn't. That's so true. Don't say it to the people who actually <laughs> get in the crosshairs. But you know, the worst part of hurricane is when the power goes out, it's the two days afterwards where yeah. you still have no a- AC mm-hmm. and it's 4 billion degrees out again. And it's like, oh man. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank God for air conditioning. Yes. Yes. And that segues perfect to suffering. It does. It does. It segues <laughs> For people so that good. have uh, gone through horrible hurricanes with flooding and had their homes uh, crushed or anything like that. Well, what we love about the story that God gives us is it tells us why we suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, in God, a God who's good and a God who's in control, how can he allow suffering? And we see that sin has entered the world and we're going to suffer because of it. But the, the as we continue our sermon series on God's family values, again, it's one of those ones is how in the world can suffering have any value? I mean... Maybe we sing songs uh, that, that, what's that country song? If it doesn't kill you, uh, it makes you stronger. What yeah. doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Is that kind of it? Yeah, so, uh, sure. So maybe you think, okay, well, suffering is something that you got to do. No pain, no gain kind mm-hmm. of thing. But the reality is, can the value added of suffering be in the equation where we could live with it? Because suffering stinks. I mm-hmm. mean, it really, really does. And as I preach that sermon, Brooks, and I looked out in the congregation and I saw families who have lost children and I've seen families who have lost mates and, you know, you know, husbands or wives. And it's just it's just a reminder that, that we live in a broken world that suffers greatly. And really what I meant to say last week was there's no value added to suffering unless we can see Jesus and you know, a, a God who has not only suffers with us by becoming one of us but who suffers for us and a God who's through his wounds, we are healed and a God who can take our suffering and our sorrow and our sadness and redeem it somehow. And again, I think, you know, it's one of those things where I love this segment and thank you for doing it is what I meant to say. I can always kind of double back and, and add in a color that I forgot or, you know, try to put an exclamation point on what was left dangling but I, I got to say, and I, I don't say this pridefully, but I feel like the Holy Spirit allowed me to say a lot of what was on my heart. And it's one of those things where you know you can never say enough. I mean, you know, the Bible's filled with that. The whole book of Job is filled with it. I mean, how do you, how do you wrap your mind around a God who is good and a God who's in control and people that suffer so much? You can't unless you have a cross. You can't unless you have a son who puts on flesh to suffer, a suffering servant. And even with that, it's still hard to figure it all out. But, you know, it's one of those things I really encourage people, if you didn't listen to it, 
But, you know, go on, you know, Apple uh, or Spotify or our website and maybe grab it. And uh, um, as well as ones that I think that, you know, the Holy Spirit was clearly there because I got a lot of feedback where people like, oh, I, I got that, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a topic that touches everyone it, in some form or fashion has definitely touched everyone. And I wanted to start at the top two. And the first thing I had written down was a quote that you said was through Jesus's suffering, he became the sin and death slayer, which yeah. is maybe the most uh, BA title of all time. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. it's, it, it proves true of it's so important that he suffered and he wasn't just this king that did everything perfectly and life went perfectly. Like he had to suffer on behalf of us. And that's so important. I love the fact that he, you know, he is BA, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we see a picture of Jesus and it's this Fabio, you know, looking image of this, you know, meek and mild, which he was, but this kind of wimpy savior, but mm-hmm. he is the sin and death slayer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and I, you know, trying to take that opening illustration of Thor and the God slayer and, and I kind of get that. And I think that if everybody understood what was trying to be communicated in that movie, that his daughter died when he's worshiping a God he thought would help. Mm-hmm. And when God doesn't step in and intervene, um, it, you slay him. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't trust him. And so, you know, we we live in a society that have sl- has slain the God, so to mm-hmm. speak. You know, there can't be. Because look at this world. How can the world, how can a God allow this to happen to the world? And so they become agnostic or atheist. That's that's their God slaying. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, until God gives you the eyes to see the gospel, mm-hmm. that God himself will become the sin and death slayer. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. And same spoiler alert here, too, but in Peaky Blinders, there was something similar where the main character's daughter is diseased and she's dying and he's not spending time with her in the hospital like by her bed knowing that she's about to pass he's out trying to find medicine for her and he makes it back to the hospital and she was already gone and just that part of where you're trying to play god and save her it's it's not going to work that way well you know any parent would do the same Mm -hmm. i mean we would move heaven and earth to Mm -hmm. try to save our kids and uh you know i know i would Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's interesting, Brooks, and I didn't say this, and I don't know if I'd admit it, so I'm glad it's not being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I almost, I feel like if I lost a child, you know, I, I think I've had this conversation with God. It's kind of like, hey, man, if, if I lose a child, I'm out of ministry. I'm out. You know, I mean, I'm done. As if Christendom is going to come to a stop. Jeff Jakes <laughs> is now done. Because I've watched pastors, you know, who've lose, lost a child and thought, you know, you got to get up and preach. And, mm-hmm. uh um, that's a hard one. And, you know, I, I think there's a whisper, you know, who is your God and who's most important and what parameters do you put around God's sovereignty that you can't mess with this area? Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in a broken world where, man, no one's safe. No, no one's, no one is uh, exempt from the curse. And no matter what we do to try to protect those we love, it's cancer creeps in mm-hmm. car accidents happen. And, and, and in a broken world, you know, the sin inside of them comes out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can't even when we're going to talk about Christian education again. I mean, we would love to fireproof our kids, uh, but we can't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah and you, you've recommended a lot of books to me, but two of them. The first one, A Grief Observed, you said that you read for the first time when Katie was diagnosed with cancer. And I read that. I was like, how do you even read that in the mist? It was just so was sad. screaming Yeah, and yeah. Just terrible. You just know, terrible. Snot coming so, out. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> Not a great indictment of the book because it is very good. But it's great. Uh, it, it's it is great. sad also. Did, um, I, did I give you the one... Um, 
Oh, the son. Severe Mercy oh, was the other one I was going to mention. Gosh, yeah, also another very, oh, very man. sad book. But so again, good. we're not the only people when you're going through suffering. Everyone yeah. has gone through something. That it, is for sure. Yeah, it's so true. And there's one more. And I and I don't think I have the right t- title, but it's uh, The Suffering of a Son. I mean, it, it was a book about a, a father who lost a son um, who was, I think, mountain climbing. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and talking about a grief observed, you know, with C.S. Lewis when he lost his wife, um, it's okay to be, yeah, and it's okay to be upset and have grief and ask the questions of why in the moment. Um, and because you mentioned how you come out and that's the road to glory and it leads to glory. It is the road that leads to glory. And I, I love that God in his wisdom gave us the Psalms, which John Calvin would say it's the whole range of human emotion. And it tells us, like if Psalm 13 is is in the Bible and it says, starts off, how long, O oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gives space. It gives space for grief. It gives space for question. And it's not like we have to pretend, you know, and I I, uh, I love that. And Job, he, he didn't pretend. I mean, he questioned, he yelled, he screamed, he, he wondered. And uh, uh, I think we will as well. But I, I even think somebody like Job or think somebody like David you know, they only had the hope of a Messiah. Mm-hmm. We, we know that the tomb was empty. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, they demonstrated even more faith. But yeah. Yeah, definitely oh. reading through the Old Testament. You have to put yourself in their shoes sometimes. Like they were living in a time literally before the Messiah. Yeah. Which is insane to think about. It is insane. And that they had a hope of a Messiah to come. But man, we know that he has come. But all that to say, you know, when it comes to grief, it's some people say the dumbest things. I didn't talk about that, but... I always, I think I might have mentioned this over the 120 episodes, that anytime I do a funeral or memorial service, I always will, last thing, will turn to the family and say, I want to apologize for all the stupid statements that you're about to hear. Because people don't know what to say in grief. Mm -hmm. And they try to fill that awkward, I don't know what to say, with something. Mm -hmm. Things like, oh, it's better that your child is with Jesus. And they want to, and you know what? The the people want to turn to them and say, you know, cuss word, cuss word. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just... Whatever, you know, and so, you know, simple little trite uh, responses in the midst of people's grief is like throwing battery acid on a wound. It's, it's not helpful, but we know the truth that it, God will heal in time, but there's mm-hmm. going to be wounds that aren't going to be healed until we see him. The only wounds that will remain in glory are his praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you that I'm carrying wounds to the grave and mm-hmm. I know my wife's carrying wounds mm-hmm. and, uh, do, does the blood of Christ cover them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some brokenness there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we can transition to our special guest now. Well, no, no, no. What do I hope oh. to say? Oh, we got sorry, 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 on, sorry. We've got to keep know, you guys so waiting. We only got two more weeks, and I'll be very quick. What I hope to say this week is going to be about forgiveness. And, you know, it's one of the God's family values is forgiveness. He's able to forgive us. We have to be able to forgive each other and forgive ourselves. And it's something that we should model is forgiveness. We should live a life that's filled with repentance, um, that we are asking for forgiveness, but also we are giving forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to look at that. And it's going to be, it's interesting because sometimes it's easy to forgive um, some of the bigger things and it's not as easy to forgive some of the littler things, but just the little things that grind your gears that yeah, people do oh over man, and over. Oh man, oh <laughs> man. I know. 
So good to know that I don't grind anybody's games. <laughs> <laughs> Both so, perfect up here. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Oh, golly. So anyway, unforgiveness come. So that's it. All right. Mm-hmm. Now well, special guest. Yeah, we got a special guest. It's another one of the people I love most on the planet. I mean, it's is <laughs> unbelievable with a fantastic beard. This is Matt Moore. <laughs> uh, Matt Moore spelled M-O-H-R. Uh, there's a lot of ways to spell more. Yeah. But Matt Moore, listen, he made two of the greatest decisions he can make. <laughs> one is he's embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the two is he got Katie Meyer to marry him. And so Catherine Ward Meyer, my niece, named after my wife, um, is his wife, which is awesome. I was there the day he got married because I officiated that (laughs) wedding and that was such a joy. So um, he is not only an amazing guy, he's a big Packers fan, an awesome guy. Matt Moore, welcome to KC Corner. Happy to be here. Thank you. It is so great to have you. So Matt grew up in Wisconsin. He yes. is literally a cheese head, yes. which means he does wear like cheese during football season on his head. <laughs> um, but I brought him on here. Matt, we're talking about a Christian worldview, specifically Christian education and the value of that. And you are a guest here because not only are you a member of King's Chapel yes. and a beloved member of King's Chapel Thank and you. a deacon. Thank you. Um, but you have an interesting educational background yourself. Yeah. So growing up in Wisconsin, it looks like you had public school, Christian school, and homeschool. Yeah. So what happened? Did you get kicked out of every one of those elements? No. Uh, <laughs> um, almost. But uh, elementary school, went to public school, uh, same school my older sisters went to. And um, that's K through six. Yeah. Yeah. K through six. And uh, always wanted to go to a private school or Christian school. I remember there's a, there's a big military academy outside where I grew up called St. John's Northwestern. And I always okay. would see, you know, you drive by, you'd see the cadets marching in the field and just thought all private schools were kind of like that. Yeah. And um, and you wanted to do that. Oh, you, I you saw cadets awesome. marching and you thought, <laughs> I want to go there. That all right. Great. So, um, uh, I went to a very large non-denominational kind of a mega church uh, when I was younger, and uh, I would say like half the kids there were public school, the other half kind of went to different Christian schools uh, around the around the city, and um, just wanted to you know see what that was like. And my parents enrolled me in middle school uh, at a small Christian school. Did your sisters go to a Christian school? No, and I think that's part of the reason my parents were more willing to. To bite the bullet and send me to private school is my Their sisters experience. did not have a great experience in the public school okay. system. Just the quality of education wasn't awesome. And well, they've um, always said you were the fair-haired child in the family, <laughs> so apparently that's correct. So they 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 are like we're going to let Matt go. So yeah. they so you went to a Christian middle school. Yes. How small was it? Uh, I think it was under two hundred students, and that was like K Total? through eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but just totally different environment. Um, and I was the new guy. They had all kind of gone gone through it together and known each other since kindergarten and i was just the new guy and it's hard to come in that way sometimes it wasn't with them i was expecting a challenge and uh that was really one of my first um maybe just like exposures to christianity outside of like my family right uh and church and it was just kind of an incredible experience to you know the way these these kids just embraced me as a friend from the get-go was okay 
Um, That's interesting. Awesome. You started off by the experience with the kids treating you, which I think is great. Yeah. What, what about the education experience? Did you see a big difference? I mean, again, you're sixth grade going to seventh grade. Right. I'm not and sure. That's you're when trying like homework is really kicking in, and yeah. yeah. So, you know, I couldn't really say. If it was did that you much more did you notice a worldview? I mean, would they pray before class yeah. and things like that? Or yeah, before bring meals. the Bible in. Right. Well, in Bible, you know, it was a class, right. and so yeah, I mean, it was just a totally different environment, different. Um, Different, uh, you know, academics. They, right. you know, they try to inject Christianity wherever they can. Interesting. You know, I, I've I've lived through a, a shift in society when it comes to Christian school. For many years, they usually would say, "Let's send a kid, our, our child, to elementary Christian school to give them the foundation, um, and then let's start transitioning them to public school and middle school or high school." Mm-hmm. And I saw a radical shift in that where parents would like let's roll the dice with public school in, in elementary <laughs> school and let's make sure when it gets to more middle school and high school those are so critical worldview shaping things sure let's bring them into the christian school environment then and i've also seen it as you said you've had experience those like brooks who were lifers in a christian school experience you know, had to welcome in those kids ramping in at middle school or high school. And mm-hmm. there was a difference with that, wasn't there, Brooks? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, th- I felt like our school did a great job with when we did have transfers come in, even if they came in halfway through the school year, they're always buddied up with someone. They'd see what their interests were and kind of give you a shadow and, yeah. you know, allow them to start meeting people. And nice. I, I don't know if public schools do that necessarily. You know, there, you may, could just be a number in a system at that yeah, point. I think probably so. They just don't have the resources. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Okay, so you're in Christian middle school um, and then you wound up going to homeschool. Right. So you so, got kicked out of the, 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 the Christian so, school. The, the Christian school was K through eight. So I, got I was only there for two years. And went, when that was done, went to another Christian school uh, that was much bigger, further from home, and just wasn't a good fit. Uh, didn't know many of the students from the middle school I had been going to. Didn't know any people from church there. And it seemed to be kind of a place where people just maybe Christians sent their kids who needed some type of like reforming or had behavioral issues went there. And uh, so did that for a year, played baseball, um, but just didn't love it and had always been interested in in homeschooling. And we did that for the remainder of high school. So you say always interested in homeschooling. I mean, mean, was that just like a longing for home or were you really just... I don't know if it was homesickness, but I just thought it was kind of crazy that you could, you know, that you could learn from home. And... um, I didn't even really know anyone who was homeschooled. Wow. Uh, my mom had some some friends who I think their daughters did it, right? And so she was a resource, and um, so it was this initiative of you. So that was this more Matt driven or more your parents driven? Are you going to them saying, "Hey, I'd really like to be homeschooled"? Yeah. Or? Well, and there weren't great options. I mean, after that that Christian high school was kind of a bust. Um, you know, we looked at other schools around the area. Was and public school an option? Did you, did you think of it? Probably the last option. I got you. You know? Um, yeah. So you mentioned to me that it was kind of like a co-op. I ask you, yeah. you know, every, I have a standard question. I always, I think I'm so clever with this question. You know, <laughs> I ask the same question, hey, homeschooler, I hope you like your teacher. You know, it's like, <laughs> basically, I hope you like mom, you know, right. you're, you're in trouble if you don't. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so, it, but it wasn't all your mom, you said. You also had some no. other people. Yeah. So, um, my mom discovered a co-op where a lot of other homeschool families um, 
sent their kids to, it was led by a pastor. It was one of his ministries through his church. He was a cool. reform guy. Um, so he did three or four classes that we would go to. Uh, that was all very structured, very, you know, kind of like a classroom. Right. Um, and then I would have tutors. I had a German tutor that would come into my house a few times a week. Uh, I had a math tutor. My That's mom would awesome. do like English, English literature. Cool. Um, so, haben Sie Hunger? Which I, I think remember. means, are you hungry? So, uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. So, fantastic. Not. All right. So, you... Did you, did you get a diploma? I mean, there was no graduation no, like that. No, there's no so. pomp or ceremony yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're done. Yeah, nothing just, like that. You, like, you go off to college. You know, you take your gotcha. ACT or SAT. And, All right, so you, you know. took your, your SAT, ACT. I mean, you're, you're not really turning in grades, I guess. Right. But you go to Hillsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, Hillsdale, a great uh, conservative college, not mm-hmm. really a Christian college per se, but right. has a fantastic uh, reputation, uh, great place. Where is Hillsdale? Is it Michigan? Southern Michigan, yeah. Okay, so you're a Wisconsin boy going to Michigan. Mm-hmm. How far away was that from you? Uh, like a four or five hour drive. Okay. Not bad. Um, what was it like? Did you feel like you were prepared for college with the education you got? Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't a huge jump. Um, I mean, a lot of the classes I took freshman year in college, uh, like some of the readers I had actually covered in high school, okay. um, which probably made me a little too cocky because I'm familiar with material. I got but, you. Um, yeah. yeah, I felt well prepared. I, okay. you know, we, I think my parents did a good job of um, just making sure that I was prepared. Okay. Um, That's awesome. What did you study? Were you a political science guy? So they've, yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got a program. Um, I forget the technical term for it, but it's basically like a triple major in economics, poli sci, and history, which was, you know, that was my bread and butter yeah. when I was in high school. And um, that got you per- perfectly prepared to work for Golf Channel. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I know you had a dream of politics for a while. I know you right. were in Washington, D.C. for a while, and mm-hmm. I know that you did New York City and a great story. So, But again, um, uh, I love your story, but really where we want to get to is that in God's providence, you get to New York City and you're going to wind up meeting Katie Meyer. And, sure. and uh, I think there's a great backstory there that we don't have to tell on air. That, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, but you guys wind up getting married and you have three precious children. Mm-hmm. You have George. Yes. You have Henry and yes. you have Alice. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, before, I'll cut in real fast. Did Henry have his shoes backwards this past week? He did, actually. Okay. That was a good spot. Yeah. Okay, was when a we were spot. walking to the car at the end of uh, the service, he said, my feet hurt. So oh, yeah. That's because your shoes are on. Uh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. So sorry. He had King's kids. Oh, you don't know. He came up King's kids. I looked down like, I think he's got his shoes on wrong. But then I looked down and I did, too. And so it was a, it was, it was a great match. But anyway, so uh, George, George, I call him Georgie. Georgie now, what, what grade is he in? Uh, he just started uh, second grade. Second grade. Yeah. And Henry, is he uh, is he still he's, kindergarten or is he pre-kindergarten? He's starting pre-K. Yeah. Okay, God bless him. And yeah. then Alice, is she just at home? She's not ready she's yet, She's helping right? mommy. Yep. I love it. Okay, so when it comes to you guys, two Christian parents, uh, Katie was a lifer at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to Florida State, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then... You guys have to make decisions on schooling. Uh, so w- what do you look for? I mean, you, you made a decision. Right now, George goes to a Christian school. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. King a... of Kings. Is that where he's going? King of Kings. That's yep. awesome. Not far from here. Um, so what made you guys decide? I mean, was it an option to look at public school? Was it just homeschool? You've done it everything. What's going through you guys' mind? I don't think either of us really wanted them to ever go to public school. Um, 
we always kind of knew, you know, private school would, would be the way to go. We weren't always sure how we would, you know, necessarily pay for it sure. um, or where they would go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we always just knew we wanted them to be in a Christian environment. What was what was behind that? I mean, honestly, is that is that driven by worldview or is that just more Definitely. driven by safety or, you know, just kind of... All the above. Yeah. I mean... Um, you know, Christian environment, I think they should definitely be in. But, you know, I I, I remember seeing families um, who would kind of send their kids to Christian school and the parents looked at it as the school's responsibility to, right. you know, yeah. lay that foundation for the kids. Yeah. And Can't do that. No. It's um, not a handoff. Well, it's interesting you see it that way because I've also seen them send them to Christian school because they wanted to get out of a public school, you know, or... Sure. or they just wanted a smaller classroom or a better education sure. as far as SATs or yeah. ACTs. But for you guys, it was a Christian worldview. Yeah. And it's reinforcing what you're doing at home. So um, do you have you guys decided how you're going to handle, you know, is each kid going to have their own decision or is it Christian education for all of them? Is it lifer or will they be like you where, hey, they're heading into middle school, let's evaluate again or... You know, is homeschool still on the table and things like that? I think homeschool would probably be on the table. Just I had a good experience with it. Um, you know, Katie would have to be fully committed to doing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, that's a big, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice there. Um, I think we'll we'll reevaluate as the kids progress. Uh, George's school is, is K through 8, so eventually we're going to have to, you know, go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, this, this school is really great that we're at now. It's um, it's close. It's close. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a biblically based school. Nice. Um, the families there are great, and it's got a really good. Uh, and it's connected with a church, right? It's connected with a Lutheran church. Yeah, it's it's a Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod uh, church that Wisconsin. runs the school. There you go, right, right. there. I mean, you got that in there. It's Come too on. good to be true. Do they serve cheese curds <laughs> at, during lunch? <laughs> oh man, I would go if they did, um, which is awesome. Okay, so. Um, what do you, this is, this is a question, a curveball for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think a church like King's Chapel should do? How do we support the Moors? How do we support you um, when we don't have a Christian school option for you? I mean, what, what, is there any thoughts that you would have? How do we show our love and support of what you're doing with your children? I think, you know, a children's ministry is important right. and, and can really help with that. And we got one, Kids right. Kids, Yahoo. Um, you know, just continue to pour resources into that and, mm-hmm. and grow it and, and make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember when I was in public school, Sunday school was massive because it was, you know, you didn't get it five days a week. You got mm-hmm. it at home, but right. um, a majority of your time you're, you're spending on the playground or in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So Sunday school is... I think it's overlooked as the importance of that. Yeah. Well, there's a song. Everybody ought to go to Sunday school. You guys didn't grow up with that, did you? No. No, we <laughs> did. Everybody ought to go to Sunday school, Sunday school. All right, let's keep going. So, uh, um, you know, I got some I got some ideas. I think that uh, we live in a time where, you know, a young church like King's Chapel um, and you have families like the Moors that are sacrificing for that. How do we help you with that? You know, what do we come alongside and... You know, I don't want to tip my hand before the elders agree, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see us have some skin in the game of Christian education, too. If we, if we don't have it, you know, just maybe partnering with schools or scholarships or okay. whatever yeah. that, that we might be able to do down the road. So, uh, 
you know, as a dad, Matt, I mean, I know that you're, you know, you're a poli-sci economic, what was the third one? History. History kind of guy. And I know you love that. Uh, I imagine you don't recognize the world around you quite like the world you grew up in. That's right. So, yeah. so what are you thinking about for your kids? Um, I mean, that's one of the things we like private school is, is just the, you know, the cultural Marxism that is yeah. just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost seems like public schools, it's, it's sort of a launching point. Mm. And, uh, you know, as a father, my job is, one of my jobs is to, to keep my kids safe. Sure. And, you know, they'll get plenty of exposure to the world yeah. in other ways. Yeah, uh, sure. Just, you know, watching TV or reading a book. Sure. Um, I just, you know, I think to shield them from that in, in schooling is, is important. And I, I agree. You know, when I went uh, to public school, it seemed neutral, you know, yeah. and, and it, it seemed to be. And I remember marrying my Katie and saying, there's no way my kids are going to go to a Christian school because the ones that were around us were so small. There was no athletic program. Right. There was, it was like, there's no way we're doing that. And I hate to say it because probably it wasn't because of the worldview or, or the education. It was probably more of the social and sport life <laughs> that my kids were going to go play football. My kids were going to go yeah. have that experience. And I know not a lot of Christian schools can do that. But it seems to be a shift. I mean, it seems like nowadays, you know, don't tell the parents about that you be gender fluid or whatever, right. or, or, you know, there's, it, it's different. And hey, for those of you who are listening and have kids in a public school, I'm not taking a swipe, I promise. But it, it seems to have a different feel than today. And, mm -hmm. and I said it before, and I'll say it again, you can't abdicate your role as a parent. You know, your role can't be handed to a school. And you've mm -hmm. said that already. And everybody mm -hmm. needs to have a Christian education, whether they do that partnered with a Christian school or homeschool or they send their kid to a public school. We got to scripturally educate our kids right. in, a, in a Christian worldview. So, yeah. All right, Matt Moore. Well, Brooksy, is there anything you can want to throw in here? Yeah, and the article we're actually going to talk about after this, that Tim Keller one, I think it all it kind of talks about Christian education a little bit and says, like, if you choose public school, you're wanting just a, a neutral, like, I send my kids here, they learn math, science, and right. just that's what they're taught. But it's shifting to where they're teaching you the other things. Like, yeah. we're sending them for a neutral option that's affordable, not – so they're exposed to all these different things. So yeah. I think that's been a huge push lately, um, you know, into private schools. So, you know, you're not going to have your kids exposed to that. You know, and it, it's it's no longer neutral. But what made public school so amazing in this in America and I guess around the world is it's free. You yeah. know, it's a, it's an education and everybody deserves to have an education. And, you know. Um, I sometimes think about we've left a society where you grow up on a farm, the uh, egalitarian society. Agrarian. No, 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 agrarian. It's equal. Agrarian. They, they go, yeah. Thank you very much, history major. <laughs> so you left the farm and your kids all of a sudden are going away to school. I mean, that, that was probably a big deal. Sure. But wouldn't it be great uh, if Christian education were accessible to more than just those who are financially able to make that decision? Yeah. I remember being a pastor of a Christian school and really felt like God pressed upon me the thought of a Christian a Christian education within reach of every child mm -hmm. and a Christian school within reach of every community. And, you know, at the time I was looked at with a couple of heads like, man, that's a that's a dream. It's not even a vision because how do we give away a Christian education? 
But I think that that church has got to figure that out. I mean, how do we make it accessible for every kid? And uh, I love the fact that Richard Pratt, uh, a hero of mine in Third Mill, that's their motto as a Christian education for the world for free. And okay. they wanted to take a seminary education and give it away. And um, I think that's, we got to do it. I mean, we got to really sort of, how do we package this? But that's a whole nother day and a whole nother story and a whole nother podcast, Brooksy. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we uh, have plenty to talk about. Yeah. Well, Matt Moore, God bless you, brother. Thank and you. I, I know uh, I know you're working hard to be able to have your wife uh, uh, be the primary one at home. And I know that your extra resources go into a Christian school. And I'm just so proud of you for it. Thank so, you. Hey, any last predictions on how the Packers are going to do? Ooh, this year? Um, I'd say at least 10 wins. 10 wins? Maybe 10 11. Wins, I love it. Yeah. Super Bowl who, or bust? Who, who's Every winning, year. Who's <laughs> winning the Super Bowl this or, the year, though? Uh... Bills or Packers? B U F A L O B I L L S. Come on, Buffalo! We have such a great track record. You know, yes. we we, we yeah. are yeah. boy. I love Never losing Super Bowls. <laughs> so, all right, everybody, Brooksy, oh, let's talk, we talk about a couple things. Uh, uh, real important, uh, our Vision Sunday this Sunday, uh, the twenty first at five p.m. Vision dinner. Love to have everybody come out. We're so excited about some of the things we have coming, cooking, uh, coming up uh, this fall, and we're. Uh, excited what God's doing in our church. So come out for that. That's really the only plug I'm going to have. Uh, there'll be some more things coming down the road. But right now, and if you're not in the area and you're a fan of King's Chapel, please be praying for us. Uh, we really need your prayer and we're excited. Um, and yeah. Big fall ahead. Big, big fall. Big fall ahead. Big fall ahead. I mean, I think about that. Big fall ahead. How about a big autumn? Big fall. <laughs> anyway. That's all, right. all I got. All right. Blessings, Brooksy. See you guys Sunday. <laughs>